0: Lord, raise up, we pray, your power and come among us and with great might help us that whereas through our sins and wickedness we are obstructed and hindered, your bountiful grace and mercy through the satisfaction of your son, our Lord, may deliver us to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honour and glory, uh, world without end. Father, we ask that right now your spirit would illuminate this word for us. Um, Father, help us to long all the more for Christ. And it's in his name that we pray and all those with glad hearts said, Amen. Amen. Well, Christmas lights are one of the signs that the Christmas season is well and truly upon us. Uh, We watched last night, Uh, well done Rose, she went to bed early, but we watched one of the worst Christmas movies of all time it's called deck the halls has anyone seen deck the halls okay that's that's an interesting situation he just said it's a bit harsh Danny DeVito Matthew Broderick it's from 2006 it's a waste of time don't bother watching it let me give you the story though there's two neighbors and one of the neighbors is annoying the other neighbor etc and that particular neighbor they kind of both get on each other's nerves but the Danny DeVito character his goal is to have Christmas lights so bright that his house can be seen from space you can actually see a photo of the house on the slide deck there uh, and I won't give a spoiler alert just in case you were planning on watching that in your Christmas movies this year uh, but don't waste your time to be totally honest and if you want the spoiler alert come and chat to me afterwards but here's the thing with light at Christmas lights are not just pretty but are highly symbolic and our understanding of light is enhanced by our understanding of darkness you see to understand the light and hope that comes at christmas we need to take a moment to actually feel the weight of darkness and so today as we consider the christmas story uh, the first advent the first coming of christ uh, we're ref- we'll reflect upon the way in which this story actually comes in the context of darkness and light shines in the midst of it. You know, whether you're so familiar with this story, you didn't need to look down at the lyrics of the Hark, the herald angels sing song we just sang. That was an impressive sentence because you know it off by heart, you know this story. So whether you are so familiar with these stories or whether they're newer stories to you, what we're gonna do is track through three different scenes as we explore the christmas story afresh act one act two and act three uh, these three acts are also outlined in the slide deck that might just help you to track along with it number one act one is the darkness of night the darkness of night uh, our news feeds uh, our news reels, are constantly filled with bad news the fruit of darkness a global pandemic, a war in the Ukraine, the murder of police here in Queensland, natural disasters, political unrest, riots at the soccer in Melbourne, brokenness in relationships. You know, the the reality is the fruit of darkness touches every corner of this planet. Even in the Sunshine State, in the beautiful Brisbane, we all know the way that darkness impacts our own city. And that's because every city has a dark side but here's the thing Uh, it's not just a modern phenomenon in the ancient world cities had a dark side in the Old Testament of the Bible God's people Israel they were rescued powerfully by God they were meant remember to be a light to the nations and yet they failed to remember their God they failed to shine the light of Yahweh the light of God to the nations And because of their disobedience they were warned by God again and again and then ultimately they were judged by God sent off into exile uh, and taken over by invading nations now there's a whole bunch of books written in the Bible around this time of exile one of them is Isaiah Uh, and Isaiah is writing in the context of a dark period in their history. Uh, Look with me at Isaiah chapter 8. Keep a finger in John 1 if you've got John 1 open. But Isaiah chapter 8, the end of Isaiah 8, in verse 21, it gives us a snapshot of something of their time that they lived in and the darkness That they lived within Isaiah chapter 8 verse 21 it says they will pass through the land greatly distressed and hungry and when they are hungry they'll be enraged and will speak contemptuously against their king and their God and turn their faces upward and they will look to the earth but behold distress and darkness the gloom of anguish and they will be thrust into thick darkness confronting picture there verse 22 we've got darkness we've got doom we've got gloom you you know there's, the response is you can't look to the earth to bring an end to distress and darkness the earth can't do anything to fix it you israel cannot do anything to fix the darkness that you're in and the reality is we are also easily overcome by darkness and we feel powerless to do anything to get rid of the darkness in our lives you know the bible speaks and we speak about this often and zach's already prayed at the beginning for us today speaks about the reality that left to ourselves we reject god we choose darkness over light we 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 sin against god we break his rules but more than that we make up our own rules as if we are god and as if he is not in control And so it's important to understand that even a discussion on darkness is not just the darkness that's out there, but also the darkness that's within here, within our own hearts. And look, it might well be as we gather together this evening, you can feel something of the weight of darkness because of you, because of your sin, because of the ways you've fallen short. Or it might be you feel the weight of darkness because of the ways someone else has sinned against you. Or it might just be a, a dark circumstance of this world. You know, at one level, it, it might seem a little bit somber, but I actually want you to sit in that darkness for a moment. Feel feel the weight of the darkness within and the darkness without. Because the reality is, when we see how terrible our situation is, when we see the the gloom, the darkness, the being thrust into thick darkness, when we see that. We actually are in a position to appreciate all the more the beauty the wonder of god's solution in jesus christ you see when we're real about ourselves when we're real about sin when we're real about darkness we are better able to understand light when it comes you see in many senses before we can even receive and accept the gift of light at christmas we need just to be real and honest about acknowledging darkness it's one of the reasons why every single week when we gather together not just the weeks when we do the lord's supper and pray a prayer of confession out loud but you'd notice a service leader every single week will actually pray some sort of prayer of confession of sin and actually each day in our christian life not that we stop being christian and need to pray a prayer of confession to become christian again no no you you're christian But each day, we actually make it a habit to keep acknowledging the sin that is within and the ways in which we fall short of God's glory. You know, in a moment, we're going to conclude with the Christmas carol, O Holy Night. And I'm going to quote a few few of the lines from the song as we go. Um, I love these. These are powerful words that are an assessment of our world. Long lay the world in sin and error pining that's that's the state of the world that jesus enters into a world that is in sin and error pining for an end to that sin for an end to that error for an end to that darkness if i ask the question do you recognize the dark state of our world you don't need to answer it out loud my guess is you'll go yes absolutely you're aware of the ways in which in your own life in the last week you have experienced some of that darkness and so act one is the darkness of night and knowing that and feeling the weight of that of act one will actually lead to act two and act two is longing for the light of day when we when we know the darkness of night we long all the more for the morning to come the light of a new dawn the light of a new day You know for the nation israel they were encouraged to look to the future we've just read the final couple of verses of isaiah chapter 8 look at the first few verses of isaiah chapter 9. isaiah chapter 9 verse 1 but what a great contrast if we've just read about being thrust into thick darkness in the end of chapter 8 but there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish in the former time He brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You know, you've just got this beautiful picture of the meaning of light. Light is dawning. Isaiah is using what? The sun symbolically. Uh, there's an excellent little book by Tim Keller called uh, Hidden Christmas. And he explains this about sun. He says, Sun brings life, truth, and beauty. The sun gives us life. Without the sun coming out, we'd freeze. The sun is the source of life. The sun shows us truth. Uh, for example and tim keller shares this example in his book if you drive a car at night without your headlights on you'll probably crash right why because light reveals the truth of things how things are you 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 won't have enough truth to steer uh, safely without the lights on at the front of your car the sun gives us life the sun shows us the truth and the sun is beautiful light is dazzling light gives joy literally you know there's places in the world where they only have a few hours of light many people suffer depression Uh, places like vancouver places like the north pole and so on seasonal affected disorder is the name of it sad people are sad because of the lack of light it gets them down we need light for joy verse 2 says The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. Isaiah is saying, get ready, people. Light is coming. Life is coming. Truth is coming. Beauty is coming. And track with me really quickly as you kind of continue to read some verses that we're all very familiar with. The effects of this light coming. There will be rejoicing look at verse 3 you've multiplied the nation you have increased its joy they rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest as they are glad when they divide the spoil Uh, next up we get release from oppression verse 4 for the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder the rod of his oppressor you have broken as on the day of midian verse 5 we're about to get cessation of war look at it for every boot of the tramping warrior in battle to and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. Verse six, we're going to have the birth of an ideal ruler. For to us, a child is born, to us, a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And then verse seven, what do we read? We read that he will rule with justice, peace, and light forever look at it verse 7 of the increase of his government and of peace there'll be no end on the throne of david and over his kingdom to establish it and it, to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore the zeal of the lord of hosts will do this fast forward to first century israel things haven't been good for the last 700 years since those words were written god's people have been scattered and it perhaps would feel like god has forgotten his people You know in the immediate context they've been oppressed by roman occupation and perhaps you can understand why hope would be lost perhaps promises are forgotten but in the darkness shines a light you know in the chronicles of narnia c.s lewis uh, in the lion the witch and the wardrobe uh, we, we we learn about narnia being under the control of the white witch and narnia is described as like always winter But never christmas now that doesn't make much sense for us because it's the opposite of winter and it's glorious at at this time of the year but kind of in the midst of the darkness of the northern hemisphere in the midst of the snow in the midst of 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 many things that are perhaps depressing and seasonal effectiveness disorder you've got this wonderful festival of light and of love and of hope in that christmas season And, and this picture of narnia under the control of the white witch Ah, well, it's like winter, but with no hope, no Christmas, no joy in the midst of the darkness. You know, in the, um, in the New Testament, uh, and you could turn to the New Testament now if you want. Uh, we'll be in John in a moment, but in the New Testament and in the coming of Jesus, you know, the line from O Holy Night, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Uh, the book of Matthew, the gospel according to Matthew, uh, we learn that the genealogy of Jesus, he kicks off his book. Matthew was probably not the life of the party, someone who kicks off a book with a genealogy. Then you've got Mark. He was kind of, uh, maybe had ADD. He's a bit short and a bit sweet, jumps straight into the action. uh, Doesn't even talk about the birth of Jesus. No, no, let's just get to to the gospel going out. The time has come. The King is here. Let's preach. The book of Luke Uh, well Luke is Luke is lovely isn't it it's filled with babies and songs from aunties I reckon Luke probably enjoyed going to baby showers he was there Uh, he was singing along with Elizabeth he was singing along with Mary but then you got John and John is where we're gonna land right now he's a little bit more indie uh, a bit more of an art student uh, philosophy major drinks kombucha uh, kind of very philosophical writer of poetry Uh, and we are going to look at his Christmas narrative which is kind of wild and so we've gone from Act 1, the darkness of night, and knowing that leads to Act 2, the longing for the light of day. Act 3 is the holy night, where light shines in the darkness. Uh, thank you, Megan has read out the prologue for us. John chapter 1, verse 1 to 18, and in it, it's beautiful, we see how light shines in the darkness. You know this is almost this behind the scenes type of commentary written from this cosmic perspective it's not like a little a baby narrative and an auntie singing a song this is kind of cosmic and wild and so it says verse one john one verse one in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god he was in the beginning with god all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made in him was life And the life was the light of men the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it in the coming of jesus the light has dawned the promises from isaiah chapter 9 have now come true and how do we know that this is jesus well further down verse 14 and the word, the one we've been introduced to in the opening verses, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We've seen his glory, glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Jesus is the word of God made flesh, the one who brings life, the one who brings light. And I just wanna slow down just for a few moments as we kind of wrap things up here in John chapter one. And I guess ask the question, And I hope this even feels like a personal question. Why should we trust Jesus this Christmas? You got the question? Why should we trust Him? Why should we we trust who He is and what He has done? You know, maybe, um, let's be honest, we've spent a little bit of time reflecting on perhaps darkness and and maybe you're struggling to trust Jesus right now. Maybe there's been darkness in this year that, that makes it hard for you to trust Him. You know, as I reflect personally on the year 2022, there's been many moments of disappointment, discouragement, and despair and distress. And yet, it's actually, if I'm totally honest with you, in the midst of darkness, it's been an incredible opportunity to hold on to the light, to keep trusting Jesus, to know that He's trustworthy. And so, there's two things I want to show you from these opening few verses from John's Gospel about why Jesus is worth trusting. Number one, jesus is god that's um, a reasonable reason to trust in him you know we read in verse 1 in the beginning we've got a throwback in john 1 verse 1 to genesis 1 verse 1 the opening sentence of the bible there's this almost the exact same sentence here in john 1 in the context of light and darkness we have a word that creates God is the eternal God. God is the one who transcends His creation. He's outside of His creation. The Bible teaches us that there is that that God has no beginning and no end. He is the Alpha and He is the Omega. He's from everlasting to everlasting. He is the eternal God. He is transcendent. He is above. He is other than. He is distinct from all that He has made. He transcends it, and yet this he, th- there's this word word. In some sense distinct from God and yet the Word is God and w- why does this matter it means the story we're about to get swept up into if we were to keep reading the whole of John's gospel is not just some recent story but it's actually part of an eternal story John invites his readers to go behind the scenes before life existed as we know it this is an insight into the eternal God the Creator God who gives life the author of life You know i think in christianity it's easy to get swept up into the new new teaching new ideas new movements in christianity but the the real call of christianity is to behold the eternal god who was and is and is to come it's remarkable and i'll tell you what's remarkable is that this transcendent god who is above all has made himself known the transcendent has become intimate imminent in and through the holy trinity we meet god come near to us john says the eternal god has made himself known the transcendent god who is unapproachable you know we've got examples in the old testament of people killed for coming too close to this god and yet how is it possible to approach this god is there a stairway to heaven well no we, we can't approach god by climbing a step because god has come near to us he's not only transcendent he's imminent he has come near we don't climb a ladder to get to him he has climbed the ladder to get to us God comes down. And there's good news that God has come down, that the eternal God, the Word of God has come near. And and Christmas is a time we reflect upon this truth. And I, I feel like I need to start a campaign, but I reckon we should sing songs about this not just at Christmas time. That song we kicked off with has some profound theology about God coming near to us. The song we're about to conclude with, O Holy Night, likewise. You know, we... We don't just sing about the easter songs at easter time there should be something about the opportunity to regularly proclaim the wonder that the transcendent god is imminent and has come down and has come near you know the king of kings lay thus in lowly manger in all our trials born to be our friend that's talking about the god of the universe entering into his creation he knows our need to our weakness no stranger Behold your king before him lowly bend. The transcendent God has come close. Listen, he knows your struggles. He sees your pain. He feels your fears. And he has come, and we are certain of this, to bring an end to that darkness. Why should we trust Jesus this Christmas? Well, Jesus is God. That's a pretty big one but second and finally is Jesus is victorious you know we read in verse 5 the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it we get a glimpse even here in this prologue into Jesus and his victory The, the light who actually came to overcome darkness Jesus comes to accomplish his mission we read all about his mission of overcoming we see his stouches and his battles with satan in the wilderness and ultimately jesus even says in john 17 that that the hour has come and the cross is coming and at the cross we see the ultimate way in which jesus defeats sin defeats satan defeats death At the cross remember darkness descends and yet jesus the light of the world takes on the darkness that symbol of judgment at john chapter 19 we read that jesus says at the cross it is finished john chapter 20 we see his resurrection that he's vindicated he is alive and all who trust in him find life in his name through his death we receive life darkness Through him taking on darkness, we receive light. Jesus is God. Jesus is victorious. He has overcome. And for those who trust him, we know that we will overcome because he wins. He has won. We've already seen that in his first coming. We know it for sure in his second coming. Friends, as we close, let me urge you to see that in Jesus we have the light. And this is the light that drives out darkness now as you think about light there isn't a switch to turn off darkness right like if there's a da- if there's something that's dark it's not let's find the darkness switch and turn it off no no, no we, we find the light switch and turn it on one of the things even just today as I've been reflecting upon this passage that I'm praying is that As those who know the light the one who came on that holy night the one who has overcome and who will overcome what would it look like even as we as we start moving forward and gaining some more momentum as a new church launching next year what does it look like to be part of even driving out darkness in this city not by switching something off but by shining the light by lifting up the name of christ by proclaiming the god who became a man By proclaiming the God who went to the cross, who took on darkness and brings light and life to all who would but trust in him. There's this beautiful response, verse 9, John 1, verse 9. uh, The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man but of God the reality is when Christ first came into the world people rejected him and the reality is people continue to reject Jesus now but some also receive him receive Jesus as a gift Jesus does everything you simply need to receive and take hold of him by believing in his name and you see that wonderful promise there verse 12 isn't that phenomenal you become a child of God when you believe in this one You get a new identity a safe identity a secure identity an identity that's not dependent on your performance it's not dependent on how well or badly you've been as a christian this year your identity is firm and secure as a child of god calling god father because of your brother jesus the light who came into the world the word who became flesh the word who is god the word who overcomes You know, ultimately our response to this King, yes, we believe in Him. But O Holy Night, behold your King before Him, lowly bend. We show our belief through a life of worship, a life of surrender. And I'm praying that we as a church, as we move into the new year, would, would know the reality of the darkness around us, but wouldn't be afraid of it because of what we've got in Christ and who we are to shine Him brightly in this city let me pray our gracious God and loving Heavenly Father we thank you for the coming of Christ father we are all aware of the darkness in this world we're all aware of the darkness in our own lives and father we long for the light of day we long for a new morning and father we want to thank you and praise you for that that holy night when Christ came that holy night when the word took on flesh Father, we thank you that it's in Jesus that we find light in the midst of darkness. Father, we thank you that Jesus is the one who uh, who, who died on the cross, who overcome our greatest enemy uh, in not only his perfect life, but his sacrificial death. And we thank you that Jesus is alive. We thank you that Jesus rules and he reigns. He is seated at your right hand. He is interceding for us. He's advocating for us. And Father, we. We long this Advent season to remember his first coming. But Lord, as we are reminded of the the changes and the chances and the weariness of this world, may we long all the all for his return. Lord, would you speed that day? And while we wait, would you help us as a community to shine the light of Christ? Help us to do that in our homes. Help us to do that in our suburb. Help us to do that in this city and help us to do that in this world. That... That Christ and His light sh- shining through us uh, would drive out the darkness, uh, that would bring life and light to all who likewise believe in Him. It's in His name that we all pray. Amen. Amen.